Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Well, Mike Miller is off today, and this is Brian Kelly with you. And the expert here today, our special guest, master gardener and horticulturist, June Hudson. June, good to see you. Always good to have you in Studio B. Oh, thank you. It's so very nice to be here. Thank well, it's you. great to have you here, and mm-hmm. she'll take your calls at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. As over the next two hours, we will get you ready for plant Day today is Plant Something Day, June. And wow! So if you have well, it already, easy. it's time to get out and plant things, don't you think? I think so. You better get to it. Yeah, you better. It's getting that time of year. We got our tomatoes in just a few days ago. We're wow. not doing many this year. Just a couple plants and uh, some peppers we put in and uh, zucchini. Ooh, look so out! Hopefully, you think they'll do okay? Oh, sure. They yeah. take up a lot of room. I'm saying, and so you yeah. know, you got to give them a lot of space. Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. I gave them enough last right. year. We had some, and they came up, and they were pretty strong early on. And after like one picking, they they rotted out. I don't know if the bugs got to them or what. Very possible. They're sus- you know they're susceptible to so many things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, last year the garden just didn't do very well. And I don't know if it was the the heavy rains in the spring or what it was, but we we didn't do very well at all. You know, they we say it's either a tomato year or it's not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, contributing is different kinds of, you know, things. The weather mostly. Yeah. yeah. And what about like the heavy we've we've kind of we're in a drought as far as I know. And, and even the other day when I mowed and it had rained, you know, a little bit before, but I mowed and it was just dusty. Everywhere was dusty. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I mean, you would think with all the rain we've had just recently mm-hmm. that that would not be the case. But we got to remember that the whole fall was completely dry. Right. So it needs to go deep, deep, deep. So when it doesn't get that deep, it evaporates quickly. What about yesterday's rain? Do you think that that's going to help? was a wonderful day. Was it? Yes. You and the ducks. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're the only ones that loved yesterday. <laughs> Probably. Yes. So you think it'll, it'll really help with the drought situation? Well, it won't really help. Mm-hmm. Everything helps. But really help? No, we need like a lot of days like that. One a week, two a week. What about plants like where we put the tomatoes is an area where the, it can get a lot of water. And one of them was, I would say, knee deep just looking at it. I mean, it wasn't that deep, but it was it was a little, you know, an inch or so mm. up the stem. Do you think that's mm-hmm. too much for that tomato? Well, if it's if that water stays on that stem very mm-hmm. long, yes, indeed, that yeah. is a problem. It likes to be very, very moist, not wet, but moist. But mm-hmm. it should be well drained. You know, they don't like water around them. That stem is so vulnerable to, mm-hmm. you know, rotting that you really don't need to have it. Did it go away then? Yeah, it it, oh, it'll, right. it drains out eventually, but okay. it did sit there for a little while. Okay, well. Know, so we'll keep yeah, an eye on it. If we have to, we'll it. move it over a, a foot or so. Right. Maybe that'll work. Yeah, do it be so. sooner rather than later because they grow so fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, I hope so. I'm ready for some. Aren't we? 
you know what's St. almost Louis ready? Tomatoes. Wow. The strawberries. Oh, I know they're picking them at Eckert's. Are they? Yeah, I saw it in the paper. Well, tomorrow is pick strawberries day. Yeah. Is Holy it? cow! Oh, great. Are we just lined up or what? Yeah. Yeah. It's everything's coming together. We deserve it after this winter. I think we yes, do. We I do. think we do. And our yeah. strawberries are nice and big. They're still green, but Ooh. any day now. And I can't. Those those are my favorite spring things. You I mean, know, when they're ripe, you can smell them from mm, a half a block away. Yeah. It's, that's just such a wonderful fragrance, isn't it? And they're so different than store-bought. Oh, my There's gosh. There's just no yeah. comparison. There isn't. No. Not at all. Once you experience that, you don't want to buy them in the store, however. I know. I know. In the off season, it's like, boy, they look good, but they're not just so much, not yeah. real. You know? The bigger the the bigger they are, the less flavor they have. Those mm-hmm. really giant ones. Right. It's like eating nothing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So I'm I am ready to pick some. I'm gonna check them today and just hope that they're there. Cool. So June is answering my questions. Now she will take yours at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. It's June Hudson sitting in for Mike Miller on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Join us, won't you, here on KMOX as we are at your service. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. It is 8.13 on this Saturday morning, and I'm Brian Kelly sitting in for Mike Miller, who is off today. And with me is June Hudson. She is a master gardener and horticulturist and an expert at what you want to talk about this morning, and that is growing things. And we're going to start out. We're big in Manchester here, June. We have two callers from Mm -hmm. Manchester. The first one is Rick. Rick, welcome to KMOX. Hello, Rick. You should be there. Not hearing Rick. So we will go to Sue. Let's see if Sue is on. Hi, I'm here. There she is. Hi, Sue. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well this morning. Well, Thank if you, you see Rick while you're walking around <laughs> Manchester today, tell him to call back. Yeah, I'll look for him. All right. Thank you. Um, hey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, June, I moved into a house in Manchester about six years ago, and the house was beautifully landscaped. However, there's a hydrangea and a peony that have never bloomed. Um, they are planted under a deck, so there's not very much sun. Is that the problem, or is there anything else I can do to get them to bloom? Okay. Um, first, a hydrangea. Uh, this is going to be another one of those St. Louis years where it's, I don't know what kind of hydrangea you have. Has it got the big, giant balls on it? Did it ever bloom? No, I've never okay. seen either one of them bloom. Okay. Well, I think, first of all, your main problem is they're under the deck. Both yeah. of these plants need better conditions than that. And so if you want them really to bloom, you're going to have to take them out from under the deck. The okay. peony especially, because it likes sun, and mm-hmm. um, it's undoubtedly the problem. But the hydrangea okay. could be a couple things. This was a, an interesting winter and it's not always with hydrangeas uh, how cold it gets, it's when it gets cold. And if they're actively pushing their sap and then it gets cold, their cells burst in the buds and you have no blooms. You're, you're not in control on that one. But I right. think what you're telling me is the, the first problem there is they're under a deck and neither one yeah. of those are suitable for that. So I'd say put them out in the sun and you'll be, you'll be benefited by that. Yeah, they have beautiful foliage on them. It's just that I don't sure. get any blooms, which I would love. My Crete myrtles still have not pushed this year. Is it just, I know they are typically late um, pushers, but is this even worse this year? Probably. Or, okay. 
Scratch right, the bark. I'll... Go down, start okay. at the top, scratch the bark. If you find any green in it, they're probably going to be late, hope, hopefully. But if okay. you get down to the base and you still haven't found any green, <laughs> cut it off, but leave it. Leave it for okay. right now because it, it was a weird winter and some people's... Some people have uh, great crepe myrtles that they're coming out right at the base, so you might be one of those people. So give it a little bit more time before you give up on it. Okay, thank you for your help. Have a great sure, day. Sure, you too. Boy, our peonies are up, and boy, are oh, they beautiful. Aren't they? It's a peony year peony? for sure. Yeah, oh, gosh, they're yeah. beautiful. And you know, it's a funny story because my wife was telling me that her mom had some that were in the shade, and mm-hmm. they never bloomed. Her neighbor had them in the sun, and they bloomed every year, and, and they really couldn't figure it out. It's like, why didn't my neighbor tell my mom? They're in the, <laughs> they need to be in the sun because it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. And, oh, they're yeah. gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. They're all sun right. lovers. Yeah, are they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. I, I, kinda, I can see that. Can see that. <laughs> Let's go to Chuck in Shiloh, Illinois. Chuck, good morning, and welcome to KMOX. You're on with June Hudson. Good morning, June. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Hi. Doing great. Great. Hey, I've got a sawtooth oak that was professionally installed about five years ago had a three inch caliper and now it's it's just it's such a fast grower caliper is probably around six inches uh but this year june the um the amount of seed pod or seed uh, the the i don't know the things that fall off the oak trees it was incredible the the lawn was just littered with the stuff i had never seen it in in the years that i've had it do such a, a prolific seed production and so what i'm seeing now is that the leaves are slower to come out this year did the tree just exhaust a significant amount of energy producing the the large amount of seeds that now it's just kind of exhausted and making slower leaf production well, this can happen when they produce that many uh, acorns. It's called a mast year, and that means that it is really, really pushing uh, those, uh, well, first the flowers and then the, the fruit, which is the acorns. And so, but it usually doesn't slow it down the next year. That's a little bit odd. Let me ask you, though, you, by any chance you didn't, you didn't have your lawn underneath it treated with anything, did you? No, no, I, I've, I've been listening to Mike for, for years, and I put nothing but a large circle of mulch around the tree, and nothing but water goes on my grass. Okay, you didn't pile the mulch up on the bark, did you? I'm asking you all the, the questions that could be, you know, contributing to the, to the problem. Right. No, I don't. I don't do. I don't do mulch volcanoes. I. I okay. You. Uh, okay. I understand now. You're. You're ahead of that. All that and. Uh, your knowledge about what to do. So, so I would say it is unusual that those leaves are small. I've seen other sawtooth oaks that, um, you know, their leaves are pretty big by now. I think it would be a great idea for you to call an arborist. It sounds like you really like this tree. I would invest that money for an advisory call and let them look at it uh, for any other problems that, you know, could be addressed and, and worked on. But it is unusual that they're small. I don't have the answer because I can't see it, other than I know you probably need someone to look at it physically. Sure. Do do, uh, do sawtooth oaks suffer from anthracnosis, Sue, like the um, like other other trees do? No, no, they no, don't. Okay. No. 
Not too much. Not so so too much water won't hurt them. Well, we certainly didn't get too much water. I would say that's definitely not the problem. Too much water is not you know what we've experienced because the fall was so dry. But uh, usually, with you know your your tree's pretty well established. I'd say that that's probably not the problem. Okay, June. Thanks. I'll, I'll get in touch with an arborist, Brian. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Chuck. Have a great, great day. Let's go now to St. Charles. Carolyn is on with June Hudson on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have some knockout roses, and I had them trimmed in January, and two of them are out in the yard more. They're blooming beautiful, but two that are closer to the house, they have so many dead branches on. So you think I should try to saw them branches off or what? Okay, um, we're seeing, you know, different situations with the knockout roses this year, and um, it, it really was probably winter damage. And so when you trimmed them in uh, January, they, those, some of those branches probably were already dead, and now you're seeing them uh, totally oh. dead at this time oh, of year. Okay. I would say to prune out the dead wood and watch them and um, see if they then produce some new live shoots. Uh, if not, you you may end up having re- to replace them. I don't believe it's anything you did. I think it's just a result of this uh, very interesting winter that we had. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, good luck. Okay. Bye. All right. Thank you, Carolyn. You are talking with June Hudson here this morning on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Mike Miller is out. I'm Brian Kelly. And June, of course, a master gardener and horticulturist. And on with June now is Joseph from Alton. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, enjoy your show. Good morning. I enjoy your show. Uh, June, uh, two questions. Uh, my class uh, during uh, the February suggested I cut down my fire bush because it had a blight. So we did that. Now it's really beautiful. I mean, it's just really uh, green. But now it needs trimming. When should I do that? Now, you can do that now. Don't take a shears to it, though. You have to... You know, be careful how you prune things, and um, I would say for the longevity of your shrub that um, if it's really too tall for for where you have it or whatever. Well, it's about three foot now. Oh, well, you can do that. So uh, selectively prune the, the largest, tallest branches out and manage it like that, and I'm happy that it responded like that. That's great. So, um, yeah, but you can. You can prune it right now. I can. Okay, yes. great. And another thing, a zoysia grass. Uh, I see right now it has lots of seeds on the top. Is there any way you could take those seeds and transplant them to a bare spot? Oh, uh, that's going to be the long way around. If you have the patience, sure. I mean, seeds will germinate. But you know what? We're. I'm afraid we're going to go into some pretty hot weather pretty soon. And you're going to have to really baby those seedlings if they come up. If you're in a position to do that, fine, but it's kind of the long way around to get it for a, a, a bare spot. You know, a lot of nurseries sell little plugs of zoysia. You can you can plug in that bare spot, and then... I wait for the fall to put that in. What do you suggest? Fall's not a good time for zoysia. You want to do that in the spring. Because the fall, they're go- it's going into dormancy, and it really doesn't take off root-wise because that it's a warm season grass and it really goes off color for the winter so really now is the time to do it outstanding thank you kindly folks you're welcome thank you with you have a good day 
All right. Thank you, Joseph. Right back to you. Same thing. Uh, when you say baby it, does that mean a lot of watering? Yes. I mean, you know, little baby seedlings, if you have a really hot day and you're not there to, you know, shade them or mm-hmm. give them water, it could be history really quick. And even more than a regular grass seed. No, any any, any small seed. seedling in mm-hmm. hot weather in St. Louis, you've really got to be careful. Yeah. That's why they tell you to start them early in the spring so they have a long season of kind of tempered weather. So they're not so stressed. Okay. 436-7900-1800-925-1120. The number's to call. Rose has dialed up from St. Charles. Good morning, Rose. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I planted, and I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong because I've heard it two different ways, uh, Lyropia or Lyriope. Um, so, June, how do you pronounce it? Lyriope. Third choice. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to work on that. Okay, Um, I planted about 12 of those on a berm last year uh, in the spring, and they did well all year. This year so far, I only have two that have come back. Do I still just need to be patient, or do I think these are gone and I have to replace them? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm uh, suffering from the same situation at my home. And I would say if you don't see them by now, they're not coming up. Okay. And we honestly, I've only remembered in the last 20 years, one winter that took out the liriope because it's so tough. But I want to tell you, I'm hearing it from lots of people, and it was, I hate to keep saying the same thing, but it was the winter. It was that winter. Yeah. So okay. if they're not up in a very short time, I would replace them. All right. Thank you very much. Sure. That reminds me of, I, I do the PA for the women's basketball at St. Louis University. Mm-hmm. You get the name list and you go over and say, okay, how do you pronounce this? And I, 99% of the time, I guess wrong. And I could try three right? different ways that it's the wrong. Oh. They go, no, it's this way. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I asked. So that's funny. <laughs> you get the, is it that or that? Well, it's this. <laughs> All right, Gerald, we have time for you before we take another break. Gerald, you are on with June Hudson on KMOX. Yes, I have a quick question. I was listening to the comments about the... Uh, uh, whether you say peonies or peonies, but in any case, they've always bloomed quite well for me. But this year, I have nice foliage uh, like the lady did, and I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, some of the trees have increased their shade. So when is a good uh, time to um, transplant them into a sunnier area? Well, Gerald, I'll tell you, if you read all the books, um, they'll tell you September. September is uh, transplant your peony month. However, if you are careful and get the entire root ball without, you know, slicing into the, the, uh, the root system, you can move it. But if you're, if you're worried about it, if you think you're not going to be able to do that, is it very big? It's pretty big. Okay. Well... Use your own judgment, but you can damage it because they're very fleshy if you dig in there now. Um, if you can afford, it's not going to bloom anymore now, that's for sure. So no the really right time is September. Okay, so even if you uh, damage it in September, is it bloom? Well, you still don't want to damage it, but it, that's, you know, it has a, the nice cool fall to develop new roots before it goes into dormancy. So, you know, if you dig it up now, it's got to go through summer, and that's not the best idea, but it depends on how skillful you are in getting every root uh, in that root ball, and if it's very big, you're, you know, you're going to have a problem. All right. Thank you very much. Sure. 
Yeah, like I said, June, it's not going to bloom anymore, so you're not going to really hurt anything by right. waiting. At by this waiting. point, you, yeah. you're probably better off just waiting. Exactly. June Hudson is with me this morning. I'm Brian Kelly filling in for Mike Miller. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. And we're going to take your call next at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. Here's We Are At Your Service. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. And again, Mike Miller is out today, so I'm Brian Kelly in with June Hudson. She is a master gardener, horticulturist, spent many years at the Botanical Garden. So if anybody knows how to grow stuff, it's <laughs> the folks at the Botanical Garden, right, June? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do it They do it better than anybody. And we're here to take your calls at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. We're going to start off this segment with Jim in High Ridge. Jim, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for your uh, help on this. I have a couple blue atlas uh, kind of pine trees and uh, two of them are doing very well they're about been in the ground about three years and but one of them is got a lot of brown uh, needles and things on it now and i was kind of worried about if it was going to make it or not what kind of fertilizer or uh, whatever needs to be put around them well you caught, this is the right time of year to do that. I'm glad that you, you know, you see that possibility. Um, driving around, I've been looking at the Atlas Cedars, and, you know, we've been living, living high uh, in gardening with our uh, warmer winters. And um, the Atlas, it's actually a cedar, and um, it, uh, it likes it in our warmer winters. It doesn't like it in our colder winters. So... I think what you're experiencing on the on the one is winter damage. Now it's not to say it won't come out of it, but uh, I would lightly feed it with a balanced fertilizer. Um, some of the better garden centers have um, uh, individual fertilizer for specific needs, and you would be looking for the con- the one for conifers. And um, but I wouldn't give it just the full dose because obviously it's kind of pouting because of the winter. Can you cut any of that brown out without disfiguring it? No, it's, uh, you know, the whole, like, little limbs that are sticking out with the needles on them. Really? They're just kind of mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, those brown needles are probably now going to fall off. I would wait until they fall off and then look at it and see if they produce any new. They may co- It may come out of it. It depends. Don't let it dry out. And... Um, if you really, really need more information, I'd say have an arborist look at it, but he's probably going to tell you the exact same thing that I have. So don't overwater it, but make sure it does not dry out while it's in this kind of uh, mood of trying to recover from the winter damage and hope that it does do that. Yeah, I have a sprinkler that sprinkles that area. Do you? Okay. Well, if we get into a drought situation because of the oncoming summer, I certainly would baby it a bit and see if you can't bring it out of it. It's not any kind of disease. It's just really what happened. It's probably more vulnerable where it is than the other two. So just hope that it comes out of it. Yeah, this area, High Ridge, is tough to grow anything but rock. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, the fact fact that you've got two to live is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I sure appreciate it. That's okay. Thank you. Good luck. All right, bye. 
button. All right, thank you, Jim, very much. Let's go to Oakville now, and Brian is on with June Hudson, and we are at your service, Brian. Hi, June. I Hi. have uh, I have uh, zoysia that's growing on a little slope in the front yard, and I had some really rough patches where there's spots where it's not growing at all, and mm-hmm. the zoysia I know is slow. Uh, I had it at my old house, and it grew great, and it, I had full sun. Now I'm on the other side of the street where it's shaded, and I found this product just scrolling through Facebook. It's called Hydromoose. Have you ever heard of that? Hydromoose? Yes. Is that what you said? No, like I a, don't know that. Got anything to do with grass. moose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a foregrass mixture with, um, oh, not compost, but something else. It might be compost mixed in, but it says spray it wherever there's dead areas. And I have several dead areas in the front because my yard just kind of slopes at that, and it's in the shaded area of the street. So I'm wondering if that will work. Well, your main problem is zoysia doesn't like shade, and it's never going to be as thick as it was at your other house where it was in the sun. That's the main problem. So you really need Mm -hmm. to oversee. I don't know how you... You want to do this or you feel about this, but really, ultimately, that oh, that zoysia is not going to do well in the shade. That's just not where it wants to be. So maybe you need right. in time to overseed it in the fall with a shade-loving uh, fescue and let okay. the fescue uh, take over on that slope. And gradually, or if you want to go into it big time and get rid of the zoysia, you can uh, get sod and put it on that slope that would be the quick quick situation right and i just moved into the house a year ago so i don't Ah. need a quick i don't need a quick solution but i i do have some patches that are um they're not they're they're just there's nothing there so Mm -hmm. i i think i'm going to look a little bit more into this thing it's a spray on with four different seedlings I'll have to check it and see if fescue. Oh, oh, I see. It's a product where you're spraying on the seedlings. Oh, okay. I thought it was some sort of an amendment. Oh, well, absolutely. But do check on the the label. They got to tell you what's in that and see if any of them are recommended for shade because you really need, you know, whatever you can get for shady area. Okay. Excellent. Thanks for your service. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking up hydro moose right now, and actually, at uh, we used to we had a posting a while back on it. I'm just trying to see if this actually works, and I'm not quite to that point. So I'll take a look at this uh, article and see what uh, what it says about it. We'll get back to Brian on that. Let's go to John and Fenton right now. John, you are on KMOX. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, hi, June. Hi. I wanted to ask you. Uh, last year, I planted about, uh, I always like black mondo grasses, and I planted about 14 of them around the base of a maple tree, which is elevated, like in a berm, and yes. none of them came back. Um, just wondered if that was a bad location for them underneath a maple tree. It does get sun, so, um, but yeah. none of them came back this, this year. You know, this we're going to have to form a club here for uh, grasses that didn't come back after this winter. But I must tell you, the mondo grass is only lasted in our area because of our warmer uh, winters. And this winter wow. wasn't that type. So mondo okay. grass, I would, I don't know. People who have it in a very protected uh, position may have gotten some of that through. But, you you know, it's it was the winter. It really, if it's not up by now, it's probably not coming up. 
Yeah, no, I'm not seeing any growth yeah. at all. Well, up. honestly, if the winter did it in. I have another question, if I sure. can. I uh, have a Colorado blue spruce mm-hmm. on the um, corner of my house, right at the corner. And um, the back side of it, which faces south, the back side of it is, is pretty much seems like it's dying. If I have to replace that, can I put another tree in that spot after a period of time? Um, or do I need to, can I do it immediately if I wanted to do like a, a river birch or something there instead? Well, I doubt very much if there was something that killed it that was of importance in the soil. I think you'd be okay to try another one. You know, it depends on so much uh, information that you you can't see over the phone, but I would say that it was more environmental than what happened to it to cause it to be brown on one side. So I think you'd be all right to try another one. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. And, uh, okay, I I got to the conclusion of the article. This is from KDKA, our sister station in Pittsburgh. And their bottom line is to go the old-fashioned way. Instead of spraying those seeds on, it really doesn't go from from spray to turf like they say it does. So they recommend the old-fashioned way. I just put down some grass seed, oh, about a month ago, and it's going crazy. I mean, it's really done well. And we had a a ditch dug this, uh, oh, about two months ago. And if you know, put all the dirt back over it, put it over, rake it up a little bit. I tilled it to get it loose, put the seeds down, raked it over, watered it, and it's it's look looks great. So well, you did the old fashioned way in your preparation, and yeah. so that you know you were the reason that it did so well. I think because you prepared for it. I don't know on a slope if you can do all that preliminary uh, tasks right to do it right to get it in the soil correctly, exactly. no matter what it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we just got a call from, about an accident eastbound 70 uh, east of Bryan Road, and the caller says that's really backing up there. So eastbound 70, if you are east of Bryan Road, expect to back up. If you can work around that, then uh, you might want to do that. 436-7900-1800-925 are the numbers to call, and we'll take one more call before the next break. And for that, we go to Larry in Springfield, Illinois. How are things in the Lando Lincoln this morning, Larry? Going great. Doing good. Outstanding. Uh, I have a question. I'm thinking about putting a Crimson Queen Japanese maple in a container outside. And I was wondering, June, uh, I know Mike has a lot of container plants outside, uh, but if I do that, is a pot about 22 inches big enough or should it be bigger? And then with our winters, do I have to move that inside or can I keep it outside? Well, here's the story. That um, is it a little specimen? How big? How big is the tree that you have? Mm, I don't have it yet. Oh, you don't have it yet. Nope. Okay. Well, if you buy any any one of the, that's a great plant, by the way. But if you buy one of uh, any size, that pot size is too small. So you're gonna have to go 24, 26. Okay. You know, they grow slow, but you, once it's in there and starts rooting, you're gonna have a heck of a time moving it to a bigger pot. And yeah, that's, I know. That's, yeah, so you might as well start with a bigger one. But uh, the, to answer your question about the winter, if you can move it to either uh, the best side is on the east side of your house where the, the winds doesn't get it, it's going to uh-huh. be vulnerable to winter damage. If you can, And you can also wrap it in burlap. You're going to have to take precautions for the winter for that plant because it's not that hardy to grow in a container. So you're going to have to really find a nice winter spot for it away from any wind and hopefully be protected by a little warmth from your house. I see. 
Okay, so at least a 24 to 26 inch. Yes, yes. Any idea of the container, though? Uh, oh, any, well, any? if you get a, if you get terracotta, you're going to take a, 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 a chance. It's heavier. Uh, yeah, yeah. well, and not only that, uh, they, don't, like, they don't do well in the winter outside. Right. But if you get a ceramic one, make sure it has a really adequate hole at the bottom, because sometimes that doesn't happen. So you have to buy a quality one, but I would say a ceramic pot or even another medium other than terracotta. But, okay. the, but make All sure right. the drainage is good. Thought I'd try it and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. Right. It's a great tree. Okay, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Have a good day. All right, Larry, thank you for calling in. You could be next at 436-7900-1800-925-1120 to talk with June Hudson, our fill-in host this morning. I'm Brian Kelly along with June, and we'll take your calls next on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. It's 844 on KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. And once again, it's Brian Kelly sitting in for Mike today. June Hudson alongside to take your questions at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. At the top of the hour, we'll get the latest news from CBS and the KMOX newsroom. But first, we're going to go to South St. Louis and check in with Rick. Rick, how are you doing this morning? Great, Brian and June. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I've, I've been, for years, uh, we live in South St. Louis and St. Louis Hills, and our neighborhood is fortunate to have real big, mature trees all up and down our block. And every year, I have to do it over again, you know, work the soil, plant fresh grass seed, try to get it going. This year, I actually had a peat moss to it, and at this point, it's growing fine. But then, like, by July, it all dies. And what I'm wondering about is just up the street from us, saying. Tillis Park or at the Hampton Gardens Apartments, they got all these big trees, all the shade, and lush lawns under that. But on our block, it's like a 50-50 proposition. Either the grass dies or other people have it growing. I'm told that the trees suck the nutrients out of the soil so the grass can't compete. The sun uh, doesn't get down to the ground so there's no sunlight for the grass to grow. It's, it's an enigma to me. How do they manage to get lush lawns at Hampton Gardens and Tillis Park, but we can't at some of our homes on our block? Well, you know, that's a very interesting situation. I found that most of the beautiful lawns in the middle of the summer in the St. Louis area have sprinkler systems. And they may or may not have another company that comes in and manages their lawn and makes sure that the sprinkler system is working adequately and that it's not skipping areas. So really, I think in the middle of summer, you have to be persistent in keeping your lawn irrigated. And we're not always feeling like going out and doing that because it's so warm. But really, um, the ground dries out so quickly and the grass is actively growing if you have a cool season grass and not zoysia. So I'm assuming that's not the case with you. It doesn't sound like it. But that's really, really important to keep that lawn irrigated. And, you know, you can fertilize it. But uh, this lawn is around big trees, you say, in your in your garden? Oh, yeah. It's like mostly shade all up and down our mm-hmm, block. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure if you feed it, don't do it with a weed and feed. You don't want any kind of... Uh, herbicide around your trees at all so when you go to the garden center make sure you get one that's just fertilizer and then keep it moist in the summer i think you're going to see an improvement okay well thank you very much you're welcome 
Yeah, don't you hate it when the neighbor's lawn looks better than yours for no yeah, apparent reason? Yeah, Boy, that that's gets tough. You. <laughs> Jerry <laughs> is in Florissant. He joins us here on KMOX this morning. Jerry, welcome to the program. Yeah, yeah hello. Uh, my wife got a sunflower kind of bouquet for Mother's Day. It's just a stem, no roots. When this thing kind of dies, could, could I shake those seeds out and plant them? Well, you can, you can try. Feel the seeds. If they're hard or they're, they're not very hard, they could be what, you, what we call sterile because you probably got a hybrid that the uh, florists grow to last very long. So they may or may not come, out, come up. But it doesn't hurt to try. You're not going to figure out which one it is. That's impossible. And I would say there's not a terrific chance that those seeds will come up. But it never hurts to try. And again, if they're mushy, forget it. But if they're hard, give it a try. You might get some to come up. No, I think it is a sunflower. It's a yellow on the Uh outside and brown in the middle. Right. So in the brown disc flower in the middle are the seeds, of course. And that's what the birds eat. I'll just try to shake them out. Possibly something might happen. Yeah, try it. And uh, how far how far down would you go to? Ooh, cover them about a half an inch with with some potting soil. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh huh. You're welcome. We have sunflowers every year because we feed a lot of birds. Oh, and absolutely. The sunflower seeds you buy to feed the birds, man, it it's that going works. crazy right now, and right. It, it's falling into the bird area, which is all shells. I mean, it's hardly even much dirt in there. It's mud underneath, of course, but a they lot of up. shells, and they drop right in there. And I've got, I bet I got thirty of them, and they are growing like crazy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and it's we really enjoy it, and then the birds love it too. Oh, absolutely. Let's go to Darren in St. Peter's. Good morning, Darren. Welcome to KMOX. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I have a question about bamboo. My neighbor has it all the way up and down their fence, and it's like 15 foot tall, and I keep seeing sprouts coming up in my yard. Well, I started digging around the fence, and I pulled out a root, which has grown 10 feet out into my yard, and off of that root, there's all kinds of shoots coming up into my yard. Uh, is there what you know? I mean, what could I do to stop it other than maybe cut the roots? Or well, you've got a tall battle ahead of you because bamboo is so very invasive, and um, you because you live next door to someone that didn't realize that when they put it in. Now you've got the problem. Having said that, what you can do is as soon as you see a shoot, dig it out. Mm-hmm. And if you can sever the roots, and this is not going to be an easy thing, and it's going to be continual. So, yeah, you're going to have to watch it all the time. And when they come across your fence and you dig it and get that root out of there because you have to uh, get it out. Otherwise, you're going to have them uh, at your back door. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, it's grown eight feet out into my yard. And off of that one root, there was like seven shoots. It's your lucky there's only seven no, it's a monster. It's absolutely a monster. So just be okay. just be diligent and dig them out when you see them. Now, is, is there any way where I could go along the fence, maybe dig a small trench and dump something in there that would kill the roots that are coming over? No, it won't okay. care. What you need, you'd have what you. If you do that, if when you do that kind of thing, some things work like a concrete barrier, but you have to go down three or four feet to make that barrier. I don't know if you're prepared to do that, but I'm I'm speaking with very personal experience here. And okay. you're in for a rough time. I would say just cut the roots when you see them. You could All talk right, to your neighbor, you so but much. I think it's too late for that. 
Yeah, because, I mean, it's been in like three years, and this is the first time I've ever noticed them coming up in my yard. Okay. So, well, at least you're noticing right. it right away. Right. All right, well, thank Good you luck. for taking my call. That sounds like a game of whack-a-mole, almost. Yeah. Where you, you see it, oh, you know, you, the only thing you can do is dig in and get each individual yeah. root. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Either that or get a panda. Yeah, they don't like our bamboo. I mean, oh, they, they don't? don't like that bamboo. What they oh, eat okay. is a bamboo that grows in the natural habitat. Yeah. So it's not that simple. But a panda would be lovely. That would be fun to have. It definitely. <laughs> <laughs> be a conversation piece, that's oh. for sure. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's see. We are going to take a break for the news here coming up in just a moment. Let's try to squeeze Jim from St. Charles in. Jim, you have about a minute here. Uh, good morning. Um, I have a uh, tree. It's about 12 years old, about 20 foot high in my front yard that the builder put in when they built the house. And over the last couple of years, the roots of several of them have come to the top and are like on exposed, um, which has caused like a lawnmower to hit them or also pushing up like landscaping that's around the tree. Like there's a ring with uh, stones. Is there anything I can do about that? Uh, not really. That's a natural condition. Try, don't try to grow grass under there. Put a nice ground cover or just let that beautiful root system develop. But the, obviously, you can't cut those roots. That's a natural occurrence with that particular type of tree. So I'm sorry, okay. but actually, it's kind of a blessing because it's going to continue to happen. And uh, just don't even think about growing grass under there and let it be. That's I mean, the grass is growing great. It's just uh, roots. Uh-huh. And then it's pushing up all the landscape block that there's a big ring around the tree that's about two foot out right. from the trunk, and it's pushing all those up. And Okay, we're going right. to have to run for the news, and we'll talk about more of this after the news. It's 8.57. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.